capstone, a definition, a stone fixed on top of something, typically a wall, a large flat stone forming a roof over the chamber of a megalithic tomb. Metaphorically, someone's greatest achievement or the greatest part of something. Well, welcome to 2024. My name is Eric Spee. I'm the headmaster of SHCS, and I'm joined today by Kelly Hill, our director of classical education, and she's going to talk with us today about capstones at Sheridan Hills Christian School. Uh, what are they? Why are they useful in classical education? And um, Kelly, let's start off with the obvious. In terms of classical education, what is a capstone? Right. Well, a capstone is a meaningful, a memorable integration of subjects for a particular grade level here that culminates in a huge project. They invest a lot of time. We invest a lot of resources. Um, the kids put a lot of eth- uh, effort into it, as, as well as our teachers. And <clears throat> and it um, comes together as a project that the students remember for years to come, that their parents can come and see all of their work put on display. Even our other older students and younger students come and visit the capstone presentations, and it's a big deal at our school. It's it's a sweet uh, way to put in a lot of hard work and then have a, a sweet reward at the end. Yeah, and it's great because it it is the same typically by grade level, so it's something kids can look forward to. They know when I'm in fourth grade, I will be doing this. In fifth grade, I'm going to dress up like a colonial person and shoot an arrow, um, mm-hmm. a bow and arrow. Um, so there's all these kind of fun things. Kelly, what are some examples of capstones here at our school? All right, well, um, I'll just run right through them. In kindergarten, our little ones study all about animals and their habitats. We, have, we bring a petting zoo on campus for them. Um, they build little dioramas of habitats for different animals that they select, and then they present those, and students of all ages, teachers take their students there to listen to a brief presentation by each student. You just walk up to each one, listen to their presentation. They're absolutely adorable, and um, actually had some feedback from one of our kindergarten moms who said at the beginning of that presentation, I mean, they, they present it over and over and over again, for as many students as come up to them. And she said that her little girl had to really overcome some fear at the beginning. But as she had that repetition of presentation, she started to have fun and started adding in all sorts of facts to her presentation. And it ended up being something where she really thrived. And the mom said, I just saw her blossom before my eyes. And so we, we, give the even the littlest ones a chance to have to think and put their thoughts together and be able to speak it to someone else. So in kindergarten, it's animals. In first grade, uh, they study first century Nazareth in the early church. And they actually have a virtual visit with the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. It's a fantastic, interactive, um, virtual field trip. And our kids love it. It's It's excellent. Uh, they also uh, dress in first century clothing, and th- these um, capstones are very experiential for the kids. In second grade, they study ancient Egypt all year, and so the capstone focuses on ancient Egypt. This year, our second graders are mummifying vegetables. Oh, wow. Uh, just as one of their cool things. And I actually, I'm an upper school geometry teacher, so I normally have ninth and tenth graders, but I'm a guest teacher 
in the second grade capstone uh, process, and I go in and I teach them about pyramids. So they're learning about Egyptian pyramids, but I actually talk to them about the math and uh, we talk about the geometric net and they fold and shape, you know, cut and shape them together. And it's a little piece, a little peg I get to put in their brain when they get to me in a few years. That's something we actually do in geometry. And last year it kind of coincided with me talking about um, pyramids and prisms in my geometry class. And then I went to the second graders and shared the same thing. So we try to be creative. We try to um, bring in every subject and bring in outsiders to help us pull this off so that it's special. So it's cross-curricular as well. Yes, very much. Um, In third grade, they study ancient Greece in the classroom. And so our third grade teachers do an amazing job of pulling off a huge Olympics thing. Our whole lower school participates in the Olympics. And um, we go all out for that with um, uh, competitions and things. And each grade is assigned a different country. And the third graders really focus on ancient Greece and they've done dramatic presentations of how the Olympics may have been one. Uh, we put a, uh, we strongly infuse our biblical worldview into, uh, we tell them the truth about things, but strongly infuse a biblical worldview into what they present. And, you know, they're third graders. Our fourth graders just, um, put on their capstone presentation. They study the reformation of the church and, um, on October 31st, I think, I don't know if it actually fell on October 31st, they presented a dramatic story uh, telling the truth of history and the Reformation, the early reformers, and it was magnificent. Yeah. One of our music teachers actually composed original score for a, um, a script that the kids acted out, and uh, we were all sitting there with our mouths hanging open. Yeah. Our fourth graders, you may think a fourth grader can't, do too much on stage, but they were phenomenal. Um, it was just, like a college class in yes. a 30 minute pr- production of fourth graders it, yes. that was musical and beautiful and amazing, but the information was unbelievable. And if you're listening and you're interested in that, email me and uh, maybe I can arrange a contact with our music teacher if you want to put yes. it on at your school. The talent, uh, the culmination of talent, just incredible. And that presentation ha- was so rich in biblical history, in and also in world history, and um, it was musically rich. It pushed them to the limits um, with that presentation skill that we're aiming for, which is a very high-level skill. I mean, people don't like to get up and uh, on stage, but we're putting our kids on stage. Now more than ever. Yeah, to give them and, that stretch. And the fourth graders not only performed in front of their peers, but in front of our entire church, because we're a ministry of Sheridan Hills Baptist Church. We have a very large Reformation celebration, and those fourth graders came to that Friday night, and they performed in front of our entire church. And I mean, imagine these fourth graders going up against in front of a thousand people at that point, um, dressed in costumes themselves. It was a great night. And they killed it. Yeah, they were amazing. It was fantastic. And this was live singing, little fourth grade boys singing like Broadway to Mm -hmm. me. I I was captivated. Um, Our fifth graders do a really cool capstone. They study colonial America throughout the year. And um, on Colonial Day, they put a lot of work into this days and days leading up and weeks leading up. But we have a Colonial Day. They dress in colonial attire. They do handicrafts like embroidery, girls and boys. We teach them embroidery in a, in a boy fashion and in a girl fashion. Um, they do tin stamping where they're hammering nails and making patterns in sheets of tin. 
Um, they cook popcorn over an open fire out in our oak grove um, with a, uh, so some of them, that's the first time that they've even been around a campfire. So that's really fun that they do that. And they use like a metal popcorn shaking device. Um, we take them out in the field and they get to shoot arrows um, with our um, Mr. Cepeda who teaches archery normally, but he teaches them in their colonial clothes that day. It's fun. They make candles. We let them do hand washing over a washboard outside. Um, just so many cool things. Well, and they that they, they copy scripture do. with the original, what we call the, the pen and quill. Pen, quill. Yes, yes. Yes. And it's, um, it's just, as I said, it's memorable and it's meaningful. And you can talk to a kid in class all day. You can read to them or let them read and they're going to retain some, but when you put a quill in their hand, they're never going to forget dipping that thing in a well of ink and writing on parchment. It We go all out. It's it's fantastic. Our fifth grade teachers just, they, they to me, they've been trailblazers with the level of excellence for our capstones. And then I love it because we are Baptists. Let me just be upfront with that. But um, we actually have the fifth graders during Colonial Day do a dance. Yes. And so um, I know the Baptists out there are, are, are shivering <laughs> at that thought, but they do colonial a colonial real colonial. kind of it's dance. Yes. 18, it's something out of a Jane Austen book or, or yes. a Jane Austen film. Exactly. And our PE teacher comes in and teaches them the moves and right. they have a partner and they and, and uh, there's no real shaking or moving. It's, no. it's the old school. You barely touch hands and do little uh, rings around each other. And it's yeah. it's. Beautiful and hilarious. Yeah. So you, as you mentioned, we our PE teacher gets involved. And instead of doing um, regular PE for our third graders during their capstone, they do <clears throat> this Olympics thing. You know, um, our art teacher gets involved and sort of shifts her lesson plans to match what they need to be exposed to that fits their capstone. Uh, again, the music teacher, the we this is a everybody on board. And we each year we up the ante on this. It's better and more creative. And as we're going through them, we think of, ooh, could we do this next mm-hmm. year? And for me, I'm like, yes, whatever they whatever they think of, I want to say yes. And the sixth um, grade one <clears throat> is the one we've been doing the longest. Yes. So the sixth graders, this um, I guess you would call it the capstone of capstones for lower school because it's their last year in our lower school before they move to upper school, and they work for weeks on end to put on a wax museum and they each select a different um, personality from it's all American history. I want to say, is that correct? I don't know. If yes. I'm, I think it, it's all that American corresponds history. corresponds with their right. with the curriculum. And they're, um, they invest lots of research time. They learn how to, they write about their person. They build um, a display board with artifacts and things that either they create or they you know, acquire somehow, they set up a display and they're dressed from head to toe as that person. And I remember walking around and they had like sort of like a fake button on the floor in front of them and they were all frozen, you know, spread out in a big, our big ministry center. And um, you could go up and step on the button and they come to life and talk in first person as Amelia Earhart or as whoever. I mean, so many different, uh, the girls are always girls are always females. The boys are always portraying males. And so, um, that wax museum, every kid who's ever done it remembers doing it. The older students beg, they know when wax museum is going on. So I'll have 10th graders say, please, 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 will you take us to the wax museum? And so we bring in our teachers, bring their classes over and for hours and hours, our sixth graders, 
present. And again, the first few times they're a little shaky, maybe a little nervous, a little unsure of themselves. And if you go later in the day, they sound, you think you're listening to um, whoever it is. I don't know, Alexander Graham Bell. I don't whoever it is, you think you're listening to them and their costumes are excellent. So um, yeah, those are our capstones for our lower school. And I think it's so important in this day and age of, of nervousness amongst students. I think it was uh, for public speaking. I think it was difficult before the pandemic. Now you think the pandemic made everything worse. Um, students do not want to usually get up in front of people. So um, we do have a final capstone, which is the senior thesis, which right. they have to write the giant paper and present it publicly. But to get to that point, they have to have little victories in public speaking and presentations leading up to it. And one of the big lies, this is probably another podcast for another day, but one of the big lies of our society is this emphasis on a hollow self-esteem where we're supposed to just tell children they're great, tell children they're great, but we don't challenge them enough. And when they hit an actual wall in life, they fall apart because the talk, and it was just talk, they, they don't have anything to fall back on. They don't have life experience where they can point to something they overcame and therefore are stronger. And you can say they're great, say they're great, they have to live it out. These capstones are not the solution to all of that problem. But for these students to go through a deep period of research, um, both individually and then you know do, doing corporate work together as a class, organizing an event, putting the event on, and then doing public displays of it is huge for giving them substantial self-esteem in a healthy, real way where they accomplish something and therefore are ready to take on the next challenge in life, whatever that is. Um, so the fact that it's not just something that's done in the classroom, but it's public is a really big deal. Um, and, you know, Kelly, we're talking about um, the examples. What are some ways this ties into the trivium? Right. <clears throat> so the trivium, um, we, we've talked about this in other podcasts. Um, we have the grammar stage where it's really a lot of memorization of facts and the nuts and bolts, the the meat of a subject. Um, then we move into the logic stage where it's the assimilation of that, putting it together so that it makes sense and understanding the why for math facts or the what led to this for history, a progression through a war or um, analyzing a novel, you know, like just what actually happened here and what caused this, you know, and then the rhetoric stage. So we've got grammar stage, logic stage. The rhetoric stage is this highest level of thinking that we want where you're defending ideas and you're persuading others with your own ideas, or maybe you're persuading someone to, to, uh, you know, pick a side in something. And so, what does that have to do with capstones when you're five years old, when you're seven years old, when you're 11 years old? Um, at the earliest stages, we may focus more heavily in the grammar stage, but even our sixth graders have to focus on the grammar of uh, whoever, like I mentioned earlier, Amelia Earhart. They have to know who is she, what country did she live from, what era, uh, I mean, did she live in, what era did she live? You know, where did she fly? How did she learn to fly? Why was she flying? Were other people flying? You know, were any other women able to fly? All these things. <clears throat> so you have grammar level work, really for any age child. But then you move into the logic, like what do these have to do? Like what was the impact of this? Blah, 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 blah. Um, our capstones definitely stretch them in the grammar. So they learn a lot of information. They stretch them in the logic because they have to put it together and do something with it. Think about it. Um, see how these 
characters, like for example, fit in with uh, what else was going on during their lifetime? Or if you're talking about ancient Greece, ancient Egypt, like what? Did, how did this fit into the rest of the history of the world or along with our Bible history and our what God's Word says, where does Egypt fit in there? And it um, ends with the senior, which is the mm-hmm. senior thesis, which is the epitome of the rhetoric, which is you must come up with a topic, mm-hmm. often sometimes controversial, sometimes not, and spend a lot of time researching it and then putting together a college-level paper right? Um, that takes really more than half the school year to prepare and then do a public presentation. And right. so it's all building towards that big moment. And mm-hmm. so all of you, you always talk about the pegs that we put on the board, right, in the grammar stage. Each of these capstones puts a lot of pegs up yes. where they are able to then refer, where is Egypt on the map? Uh, where is Greece on the map? Um, and then we talk a little bit about the biblical integration. You kind of mentioned it, you know, the, the like the first grade, obviously doing first century, and they dress up like nativity um, characters. But even the second grade, it goes along with their curriculum. So they are learning about ancient Egypt, but they're learning about the book of Exodus at the same time, yes. mm-hmm. putting it together. When they're learning in third grade about Greece and Rome, it's coming together with the book of Acts right. and, and the Pauline epistles. So... They're really able to see it both in historic and the the uh, biblical sense, and so it really does an amazing job of putting it all together. And then when you get to the colonial days, you see those students, and it may not be as explicitly obvious the biblical integration, but if you're eating popcorn and it takes that much work to start an open <laughs> fire, you're thinking to yourself, "Wow, am I glad God put me here in this yeah. day and age?" Um, I know some people would disagree with me on that, Um, but um, you do understand how brave those people were in those colonial days and how they had to rely on the Lord. That's why, you know, for the Puritans, for for such an example, they were so strong uh, and uh, spiritually they had to be because it was such a rough life uh, back then. So uh, all these things, Kelly, what are some of the benefits of these capstones to the overall school community? Well, I immediately just think of our... We start with our seniors. Um, so we're aiming for a result in this, you know, long haul of education that we're trying to do at Sheridan Hills. Um, we want graduates who can think, who can persuade, who can defend what is true, good, and beautiful in the bank where they go work, as at the engineering firm where they go work, in the hospital if they're caring for those on hospice and dying, like in their home around the dinner table with their children. Like this is our goal. We want thinkers who operate for the glory of God. And so these capstones are helping us with that end goal. So they're preparing, getting them all the way to that 12th grade level where they can leave here in that way. But backing all the way up, I mean, our, what our kindergartners are doing is impacting the first and the second and the third graders who go and listen to them. And they see kind of the, you know, the uninhibited five-year-old who will do a presentation sometimes with such gusto and you're like, this little kid is amazing. They're not afraid of anything, you know, and that can maybe really encourage a ninth grader or a seventh grader who sees them and they're like, you know, they're seeing an example of good presentation skills and lack of fear and putting yourself out there, you know, and I also see my ninth graders cheer on the very shy third grader who can hardly speak loud enough to be heard because they're kind of shaking in their boots for their little presentation and um, you see them cheering them on and looking them in the eye, listening to them. So you see the older being both encouraged and being encouragers. Um, you see the young ones 
also going and seeing the older kids of exciting things that they see them outside of the window cooking popcorn over the fire and they smell it because our whole oak grove smells like a little bit of burnt popcorn. <laughs> and so it's a culture of things to look forward to, a culture of things to remember. And um, I, I know that it's just an encouragement. I think it's just a sweet thing that our school does. It's for a good purpose, but it's also just good memories and good fun and like a great way to spend your days as a kid yeah. doing these fun things. Well, and it makes our sort of medium to big size school feel smaller because yeah. everybody seems to be bought in together on these projects. And like you said, encouraging one another, honestly, as a headmaster, who's thinking always about marketing and, and parent communication and do they understand what we're doing? It's, it's a great public display yeah. of what yeah. we do here because as a parent you don't always see what we're doing here you you wait until um the test scores come out um some people might say oh but i have grades and i'm going to sit here and say look grades mm -hmm. are not the most important thing on earth okay when they're in lower school they really don't matter at all to be quite honest yes. um and so the grades are not what's important when you see your child performing um in the reformation musical and they're performing as I know one of these great people that Ulrich Zwingli yeah. and they can tell you who he was, yeah. um, you know, that then, you know, that knowledge is real. And as a parent, you can sit back and say, wow, look at what my child is learning. And as a headmaster, I go, Oh, look, these parents know what their child is learning. And so they see the value of what we're doing. So yes, it's wonderful for the children. That's first and foremost, why we do it to honor the Lord and, and help these children. But uh, I will say selfishly, as somebody who has to keep enrollment up, this is a great way to make people excited about being here. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really a wonderful thing. On our website, we just changed and updated a bunch of our pictures, and a lot of those pictures are from our different capstones, and it, they look great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is a really beautiful part of our school, and uh, we continue to develop uh, what we're doing, and we probably will stick with these things, but we could tweak it every year. It may not always be quite the same. Um, but they are really, really an important part of our school life. Well, thank you so much, Kelly, for joining us. Um, it's and once again, sharing your knowledge with us. Um, we hope this is helpful to our listeners. Capstones are an essential part of our classical program, and they act as a focal point for hands-on education and research-based learning. It also allows the parents to be a witness to their child's learning and see the value of a classical school. So um, we hope you've learned something from this. And until next time, seek what is good, true, and beautiful. Thank you for joining us. The opinions expressed on this program are that of the hosts and the guests. The podcast is produced by Alex Halpert. Sheridan Hills Christian School is a ministry of Sheridan Hills Baptist Church.